0: What is up, Rose? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, March sixth, and uh, there are only six undefeated teams left in Division One college across. So another week of people just not wanting to be great. A lot of teams out there, greatness is within reach, and they just say, "Fuck it, get it away from me." So, uh, Jake, you're looking great today.
1: So how how you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. You know, my my mustache has just been, you know, credit to my girlfriend for letting me grow this disgusting, absolutely long ass mustache, which is really, you know, it's really. I feel like I get more respect with it, to be honest. So I'm feeling I think,
0: good. I think she's just trying to make sure that you stay as far away from the open market as possible, because she she doesn't want to lose that that lacrosse podcaster money, which is zero dollars that we receive from this
1: podcast, but. That's true. I, I think she she really is not interested in losing that. So fair.
0: Yeah. Um, hey, real quick, just a, a little disclaimer to to throw out there for the listeners. Uh, you might have already heard it already. I mean, my voice sucks to begin with, but it's probably exceptionally bad right now. Now it's not Corona. All right, we're not we're not coronavirus. We are. Uh, it is. I we are as far as I believe the first lacrosse podcast that is anti-coronavirus i haven't heard a single other lacrosse podcast come out as being specifically anti-coronavirus so we are an anti-coronavirus podcast through and through i am dealing with a i'm a little under the weather been doing a lot of traveling lately with the uh the barstool pond hockey tournament so you know just freezing my dick off up in new hampshire playing on the pond freezing my dick off in toronto on the pond um you know and then travel and shit like that so i've got the seasonal flu but it's not coronavirus. And I can guarantee each and every single one of you that we are anti coronavirus here at the crease dive. If we see the coronavirus, we are going right to left split, swim dodge through the crease in the back of the net, turn and rake. See you later. Fuck off coronavirus.
1: I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to shoot it with a gun. So I better not see the coronavirus out in public because it will get capped. And you can believe that. Uh, but one team who hasn't
0: been getting capped early on this season and they are now the number 1 team in the nation the Syracuse Orange just so ho- just so happens we bring on Drake Porter onto the pod all of a sudden the orange are buzzing straight out of the gate so uh yeah Syracuse
1: 4-0 Georgetown who this is a team we we haven't we haven't been uh high on Georgetown I, I would say I'd say I'd say we've been We've been fair weather on Georgetown, have we not? I'm I'm actually going to continue to be pretty low weather on Georgetown.
0: Okay. I, I don't think that they're a great 5-0 and team, but they're 5-0 and regardless. Got to give them credit where credit's due, you know? Uh, North Carolina, who, like, this is a team that is very much for real. Uh, so they start off the season 5-0 through February, and then we get to the Ivy, and hmm. – and what a storyline it's been so far for the Ivy League. Uh, some would say the ACC or the the SEC of college lacrosse. Others would some, argue, s- some would say that. Others would argue that it's probably still the ACC. But uh, Princeton, Michael Sowers in Princeton, four and 0 Jeff Teaton Cornell. Ever heard of it? Four and and0. And then Dartmouth starting off the season three and O. Look at all these nerds with
1: zeros in the L column. I mean, what else can you do when, you know, you've got Michael Sowers, you know, leading his team, you've got, uh, you know, Jeff Teat and the Cornell Big Red, which, I mean, they were calling it a big win over Ohio State, and of course, we can get into that, but like, you know, I guess you got Trey LaFleur, that's what I like to call him, or Trey Laflame. It's a, it's Um, a great nickname. It's, you can just do so, so much with that. Like, you can call him like Trey Money, like whatever you, whatever you want. But I mean that was a solid game, and of course we'll get into it. But you know the Ivy League is looking extremely strong. I think Princeton is Princeton for real. That becomes a, a, a very important question. So I, I mean, with with Syracuse's emergence out of the ACC, like you know Syracuse, you know being the real deal, like now now you've got two pretty strong conferences. I, I don't I don't know. I, I might I might throw my my SEC logo onto a different. Uh, onto a, a different conference by the by the end of the uh the year. So you never know.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's like like for Syracuse, they have the offense and like that's how they're gonna shit pump teams. But then you got Drake Porter and net who's just going bananas to start the season. Um same thing with North Carolina. I mean they that offense is just merciless. Like they will bully the shit out of you and just tuck after tuck after tuck after tuck. Um, but then when you try to come down on them, they got Kate and Johnson in, in cage for them. And he's saying, yeah, see you later. Get this, you know, this candy ass popcorn away from my crease. And it's going to be a fast break the other way. Um, same with Cornell. Like, I mean, you, you got, uh, you know, you got Chase Erlen in net there. He's, I mean, he's rocking a, a sub 50 save percentage right now, but it, he's still doing pretty well in cage there for, I mean, they've, Besides that that tight one against Ohio State, they've been able to keep most of their opponents to right around 10 goals. Um, so really what it comes down to with all of these undefeated teams, like which ones which ones are legit and which ones are maybe... Un- Some of them are too legit to quit. Some of them are unlegit. Therefore, they must quit. And it's really going to come down to goaltending. Like I would say that that's probably the biggest thing in college lacrosse all across the board. Yeah, I would at- say that's fair. Cause we, we've seen so many teams that all like so many different teams have those studs now who can just get the ball in the back of the net. Um, and the way that the game has evolved offensively, it's like every team is going to have at least one or two kids besides like, uh, unless we're talking about like the Mac, because right now they have, uh, three teams that are still winless through February. So tough, tough, tough go for the Mac, um, but outside of that conference, every team has at least, you know, one or two kids who's able to get it done offensively. Um, so I, I feel like this year, whoever has the hottest goalie will be watching them play Memorial Day weekend.
1: I mean, that works. Um, you know, the other, on the other hand, it's like, you know, we, pretty much all of these games are, are high-scoring games. You know, you, you're smashing the over on a lot of them. Even like, you know – high point in St. Bonaventure played on Monday. And that was, you know, there were, there were 21 points scored in that game. Um, you know, there's almost, there's almost 40 scored between a Fairfield and LIU. Like these are, these are high scoring games. And, you know, I think it it's also, it's, yes, it comes down to the goaltending, but it's also can a goalie see 15 goals and kill and, you know, still keep his head in the game because, you know, getting pumped for for 15 and making, you know, 12, only 12 saves, yeah, your percentage is low, but like, you know, if your team's winning by one or two, like that's, you know, you still got to have your head in the game. You know, I'm not a goalie, but I mean that's logically that would make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and like timely saves, like not all saves are created equal. Right. So if, you know, if, if you're, you know, if if your team just had like a pretty like long possession, uh, but they weren't able to get anything done and then it comes back down the other way. Like that's, it's always like so deflating where it's like, like shit, like we just like used up, two full shot clocks, we couldn't get anything done, and then they come down, fast break goal, and it's like, what What, what are we supposed to do here? So, like, a goalie who can make those timely saves. Um, I know that that's not necessarily, like, a hot take or anything that I'm saying here. Like, I, I feel like it's pretty common sense that whoever has a hot goalie is going to be making it pretty far in the tournament. Like, that. that's just, like, saying one plus one equals two. But it's it's the truth. Like, I feel like this is the first year in a while where – I'm a little bit more interested in – this is probably the first year of my life that I'm a little bit more interested in the defensive side of the ball than I am the offense. Because, again, like we know all these teams, what they can do offensively. Um, But then you just need need guys in cage who are able to make those big saves. Now, with that being said, it's still nice to have some studs offensively. So, you know, you look at a Penn State, Mac O'Keefe, big overtime winner against Penn – Uh, on Saturday you guys probably all saw the clip at this point but Penn State was already you know the whole team was already celebrating by the time that it you know it got in a stick it didn't even shoot yet but um, I mean like I don't know like that that's the thing about this season is it's just you never know what's what's going to happen in any of these games because it's going to be so 50 50 you've you've talked about it a bunch already this season where it's just like the parity is out of control. And, you know, teams are I, – I I said it in the beginning that no one really wants to be great, but everyone's right around that border of like has the potential to be – like very, very good has the potential to be great. You know, so everyone's like stuck right up there. There are a couple teams that are kind of pulling away a little bit, like those teams like a, like a Princeton or like a UNC or a Syracuse – but for the most part, everyone is just really good and it's just 50-50. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like can your goalie beat Mac O'Keefe or the other way around?
1: And you know, other people, you know, other teams also have off days, right? You know, some of these top teams, you know, come out and they have an off day, like, you know, that, that UMass Yale score, right? That 13-10 final is not at all telling of what that game was because they were up 11-2 at half. That was a fucking ass kicking. All right. And UMass came out there and spanked Yale like that, like they spanked one of the strongest teams in the country. Uh, most of one of most well-rounded teams uh, in the country. And just like on any given day, UMass, you know, somebody can come out and, and, you know, and, and take that win. Like they lost 17 to four to army. I, I think that UMass right now, I'm going to go
0: ahead. I'm going to say that they're bullying me because beginning yeah. of the season, I, I came out thinking, okay, like this is, this is going to be a real solid year for UMass. I, I like the way that they're, you know, kind of building off of last year and they're going to come into this game against army and they're going to have a great showing and it's going to be a tight game. Then they get rolled 17 like you just said, Um, then they lose to Harvard, but then the last two games, you know, they, they get that huge win against Yale. And like you mentioned, like the score is way closer than it actually was, at least in the first half. Um, and then they follow that up with a win against Albany. So again, like I, I don't know how to feel about this UMass team. I've, I already, unfortunately I already declared them dead to me and, and I'm a man of my word. So they're still dead to me. Um, but now we've got a case of of the Walking Dead.
1: Mm, that's a, a, I mean, that's that's a pretty I, solid an- analogy. There.
0: I never, I never watched that show, so I don't know
1: how to take that uh, analogy further than that. Like, yeah, I watched like the first three seasons. I, I mean, there's just the, there's so much. I think, I think I watched like the first four seasons, and then there was like a very long break between four and five or something, and I just lost interest. But all whatever. I know is that they had like a a real annoying little kid on the show. Yeah, Carl, fuck him. Yeah, he got, yeah. His, he got his eye. He got his. Eye. He lost an eye, so that was pretty sweet. But I think he dies eventually, which is nice. Yeah, it's always um, great when a kid dies. Oh uh, well, I mean, in the show, right? a fictional kid. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a, f- fictional. A, fici- a fictional kid. We're we're yeah. we're, we're we're yeah. I, I, we're I had a, to do a little bit. of... We're a pro
0: fictional kid dying podcast here at the Dive. Yeah, if especially if he sucks,
1: you know, yeah. if he's if he's not great, like that's that's perfectly fine. But you know, yeah, that UMass game. You know, getting back on track. That UMass game was was certainly not telling of what's going on. And I'm, I mean, last weekend was kind of nuts. We had some we had some good scores all over the place. Like Robert Morris came out and and beat High Point. Well, you know, you know High Point, which we've spoken pretty pretty highly of. You know, hey, how you doing? Uh, get back on the fucking bus. Robert Morris beat you. Um, and then you know the, the Princeton Hopkins game. That was you know I I, I the Uh, are the wheels falling off at hop? So Hopkins is, I, I think
0: that they're a bad team. I think that that might be the case. Um, so I mean, they, they come out, they get that win over Towson, but Towson is a confirmed bad team this year, still winless on the year. Uh, so that doesn't really help you at all. And then, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough, uh, Schedule right out of the gate, but I mean you're Hopkins, so like you should have a tough schedule all the time. Um, But Loyola, UNC, Princeton, it doesn't get any easier because they have to play against Cuse this weekend. Um, You know, and then things kind of settle down for them a little bit. You know, Mount Saint Mary's, Navy, Delaware, Michigan, Rutgers. Uh, So, like they're gonna do that thing where they end like pretty close to 500, um, but it's gonna be a they're gonna lose. I would say that they would lose to every good team you know, like, on their schedule. So they should they should win the games that are absolute layups, and they should lose any, like, contested game.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's a pretty solid take. I mean, I could, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, Michigan and Rutgers, I mean, the Rutgers game's probably going to be a toss-up, you know, so they'll probably lose that. And then, you know, rounding out the season with Penn State, Ohio. Penn State, Ohio State, Maryland, like, that's that's three – Fucking tough ass road games, so i, I feel that I, it's unbelievable to me that you know towson was they were they weren't final four were they the final four the, a few years
0: ago the year that Rambo and heacock yeah they the were
1: so what was that yeah 2017? they were two thousand and seventeen yeah, Towson was a final four team, and you know- tw- three years later, yeah so I mean if you were a freshman on that team in the final four you're still
0: there and now you're starting off your senior season oh and five so that's uh, yeah
1: yeah that's right because Brody McLean and, and Brody McLean had a brother there were two McLeans anyway shout out um, to the McLean family getting asked yeah, that's right um but I mean yeah Brody McLean's a senior and you know leading scorer and he's seen the highs and the lows so now,
0: now like that's a thing to where like so they're oh and five right now and we don't have to talk too much about Towson just because they're again, they're own five. But like, if you're a senior on that team, right. So like you're, you're probably a leader just by seniority alone. And so like, you've already been to like the highest of the high that the game has to offer. And then if you start off your year, O and five, it's like, like it, it has to be so, uh, not like demoralizing, but it has to be like so hard to get yourself to get up for like the rest of the season. It's like fuck, like like this is this is the way my final years going. Like it because they probably had like the hopes were probably so high after freshman year being in the final four, and then like this is the way that it's ending, and then like that just trickles down. So I don't see it getting any easier for Towson. Um, still love you guys, and you guys still have unreal swag, but tough tough go this season. What I want to know from you, Jake, is out of those six undefeated teams so far this season, which one do you think is the strongest? So you know, Syracuse got the nod in the in the media poll, um, but do you think do do you think that Cuse is deserving of that one? Do you think it should be UNC? Do you think that? Uh, w- First, all, we can talk about the the gritness level of the Ivy League in just a little bit here, because yes. that is that's another contested item on lacrosse Twitter this week. Um, but
1: do you think it's one of the Ivies? So out out of those six, um, well, first I have to issue issue an uh, an error correction for our listeners. Uh, the Mcleans on the Towson roster are not related; they just have the same last name. One's from Encinitas, California, the other's from Ontario. So. Excuse me if any of the McLeans are listening to this. Uh, I, I did not mean to group you together, but pretty cool last name. So moving forward. Uh, well, so here's how I work. Here's how my brain works. I, I work by process of elimination. So Dartmouth is 3-0. and They're out. Okay. They're, they're, I mean, they're, you got to throw them out. Um, I'd, I'd probably toss Georgetown out too simply because of strength of schedule. I mean, you know, Bellarmine. Bellarmine how the fuck do you pronounce Bellarmine? Yeah, I've heard uh, both. I've heard Bellarmine and Bellarmine. I'll tell you what. I'm not gonna learn. All right, me either. Uh, Lafayette, UMBC, yeah, you got to throw them out. So Georgetown's out. Um, working by, I mean the. So North Carolina's got a pretty decent schedule, but, but you know, as the season progresses, the Hopkins win isn't really that impressive. Um, Denver isn't isn't that either. So if I'm going to give somebody, you know, if I'm working by strength by strength of schedule too, if I if I'm working by strength, strength of schedule too, I don't think that I could throw out, um, I, I really can't throw out Princeton uh, because they beat they beat Virginia, you know, Hopkins and Q, you know, H- er, sorry, Carolina and Cuse, while they are very strong and they have very strong players. Their first couple games are were pancake teams, Mercer, Colgate, Lafayette for, for North Carolina and then on on the Syracuse side, um, you know Hobart, Army, Binghamton, and the army win is solid. You know that, that's a solid win, but it's not as solid as beating the defended national chance by four. So if I had to say right now um, if I had to say right now, I'm gonna go ahead and say that in my mind, Princeton, is probably deserving of the number one spot right now.
0: So anyway. I I would totally agree with that, just based on win against Virginia alone. The thing that I'm terrified of is because we've said it time and time again. Oh, so if, much. If if we don't see Michael Sowers playing in the NCAA tournament, I will fucking I will, lose it. I will kill myself <laughs> on, on air, on podcast. We'll just need to find someone else to edit it. Um, I will kill myself. Now what's funny is it just so happens that uh the one thing that North Carolina Syracuse and Princeton who I think all have the best shot or the best uh claim for that number 1 spot have all played against Colgate so just 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 another quick little dig at Colgate there this season um yeah i would say that it's it's for sure princeton um now i th- i think you know if if you put princeton up against syracuse or princeton up against north carolina like you know, it, it, that's going to be just one of those games where it'd be a fifty-fifty pick them, and you know it'll come down to to one or two goals. So it's not like it's not like I'm saying you people are idiots for putting Syracuse first because, like, again, it's just like all crapshoot. But I would I would agree that right now the most impressive team, especially coming from where they came from the past couple of years, I would say the most impressive team so far this season has been Princeton. That's probably the way I should have phrased it in the beginning. Um. But, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's been fair. the team that's impressed me the most. And because it is impressive the way that Chris Gray has been able to integrate himself into that offense right off the bat. But it's like, yeah, like North Carolina is a great team and Chris Gray's a great player. So we're like used to seeing that. But, you know, the past three years, we've just seen Princeton underachieve. So the fact that they come out this year, um, Sowers is leading the nation in points, they're undefeated. That's, that's about as impressive as it gets so far this year.
1: I, and I, I really agree and you know I, I want to give Cornell some some credit obviously because you know they, they they whooped a high point team that on any given night that high point team can take, take you out. Um, scary program, right So you, you can't walk into that game and be like, uh, you know you can't walk into that game and be like, uh, we're just going to take this one from high points. So I have to give them some credit there. I'm not really sure about Ohio State. You know that's a pretty high scoring game. I mean they lost by two to UMass, and you know they've only played BU and Buck now. So I mean I'm I'm out on that. But you know the game that I'm really looking forward to, and I think will be the one that will the one that will be the the most telling for Princeton is in one, two, three weeks when they play Yale. I think that's going to be Princeton season right there, because if they stone, if they stonewall Yale and come out with a dub there, they can win out. And I mean, you beat Yale, you probably can have a perfect season. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't know about Penn. Okay. I, I really don't know about Penn. They played Penn state very close and they've got a lot of shooters and a lot of guys with a lot of swag, but you know, right as it stands right now, they're one and two. So yeah,
0: I would, I would still, I mean, and and I understand that uh, you know maybe not as far as like conference championship goes, but like Yale is still the daddy of of the yeah, Ivy League, defi- in, definitely. In this, in this current generate like of general landscape, of, yeah. In this general landscape, um, so I'd like they're still there. like a loss to UMass. Yeah, that's a that's an ugly loss for them, um, and it, it definitely doesn't help their uh, their their blue collar look persona no. to to just go into a game against UMass and thinking just because it's UMass, they're going to go in and roll them. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Yale's pretty much like that's, that's the dick measuring stick for for the Ivy. If you can beat Yale, then you are, then, then you've made it. If you go for 0 to start the season and you kind of catch Virginia uh, overlooking you a little bit, and then you beat Hopkins and you know, who knows how good Hopkins actually is it's a good start to the season, but I agree with you there. It's like beat Yale. And that's like, then you get like your membership card to, you know, play with, play with the ballers.
1: Yeah. And I I think that, yeah, that, I mean, Yale is the measuring stick, right. You know, in the past few years, there's really been, uh, I mean, it's kind of a significant drop off, right. You know, it's Yale pin and then kind of everybody else. And now you bring, you bring Princeton and Cornell into the picture and now you've got four teams that can really play. And I mean, I won't even rule out the Penn game being a tough one for Princeton. I think that, I mean, the, the pen is a tough team, Sam Hanley and Mitch Bartolo are absolutely are absolute snipers. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are uh, it, it without a doubt, the correct answer is Princeton is the strongest undefeated team right now. Will that change in three weeks it certainly might. You know, the, these teams are uh, are fluid, right? You know, Duke, Duke in February, you know, we, we've, we haven't talked about that. It's March now. You know, Duke is going to start taking the socket wrench and tightening the screws. So the Duke team that we saw in February and the Duke team that we see in, in three or four weeks getting into April, it could be a completely different team. So, you know, got to keep that stuff in mind as well. They play Syracuse towards the end of the month, so that'll be an interesting one.
0: Yeah, and I mean they're they're upcoming schedule so they they have Loyola and Loyola is a team that they've they've shut me up. I'm I'm willing to shut up about Loyola. I didn't know how they were going to respond in the post Pat Spencer uh post Chase Scanlon era uh and post Jacob Silver era, but I mean they they've seemed to you know, they're they're missing a beat obviously, but it's it's not like You know the program has fallen apart, so that'll be a tight one for them. Um, You know, then they have Jacksonville and and Towson, and again, like the way that we've, you know, the way that the season has been going, and the way the past few years has been going, it's not like you can totally overlook a team like Jacksonville. Like that's that's a team who could end up being like a a, just mix in like a sneaky upset, and then just be like terrible like the rest of the way. Um, But I mean, I think that these these next few games to start off March. For Duke, that's, I, I think they're going to get themselves rolling. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, that's pretty much, it's pretty much all of it from the past week, at least in the uh, the D1 level. But real quick, let's shift gears over a little oh bit. God, because oh my
1: god, here we go. So there was We're talking a, about her sinus. Oh no. Uh, well, <laughs> we should? I just figure. I just figure anytime that we shift gears, it's talking about. Or sinus, uh, no. or or is like five and zero or six and zero right now. They're top
0: ten in the nation, D three, not a big deal. Um, I wasn't even going to go there. We can talk about or but we'll we'll save that for another podcast. I was going to go to the uh, Division two game, I believe it is. Uh, so you're you're a little bit more familiar with this program than I would be, just because it looks like they're in Georgia. Yeah, the uh, Young Harris. Oh yeah, so. They are.
1: They're in a. They're They're in. It's a. The town is actually called Young Harris. So, I mean. I just figured
0: every town in Georgia that is in Atlanta is just named after peaches. So,
1: this is I mean, fascinating to me. That's fair. So, I mean, if you're on lacrosse Twitter, if your friend is on lacrosse Twitter, they probably mentioned something along the lines of a team getting their season canceled. So uh, the, the statement, and I read the statement from the the young Harris, I guess it was the AD or the administration or whatever. And they basically made it sound like the players would not play for the coach. Uh, or, and they said that, you know, it was a waste of the coach's time to try to, you know, expend energy and the players didn't want to, get with his new system. So so the or the, something like that. Yeah, the, so they the, canceled the, exact, the fucking season.
0: The exact words here are so again they they brought in a new coach this year and I guess this guy, I don't know, maybe he's a nerd or something like that. But uh so the exact quote from the uh well I guess it looks like the the assistant director of athletics AD AAD. the A American Dodgeball Association of America. Um, (laughs) It has become obvious to me that the old culture is unwilling to adapt to the new coach and his system. After careful thought and observation, I have decided that it is not fair to ask Coach Goldsmith to expend his emotional, mental, and physical energy with a group of student-athletes that has communicated and exemplified its unwillingness to adapt.
1: So they're basically pinning this on the kids. This is, uh, um, uh, and an inmates are running the asylum type of
0: situation, and they've exactly who just, uh, just
1: implode the, the asylum. And, you know, th- I'm, I'm suspect of this. I am completely suspect of this because ordinarily, okay, let's say, listen, I've, I've played for a coach that not everybody liked. Right. He was a, uh, an intense type of guy, but you kind of, uh, you know, the, the, there's some guys who liked him and some guys who didn't, but we played for him. Right. We, we, we did what he asked and whatever we pitched and moaned about sort you know, certain things and things like that. So, you know, when you have a majority of kids who will not adapt or they will not, or they basically said, fuck no, I'm suspect of that because you usually have like, your seniors be like, come on guys, just you know, let's let's you know, let's let's make it through the season, let's just do the asked, you know, we can we can, you know, we're winning games or we're not, whatever. You know, it's we're we're, you know, whatever. But the majority, that's suspect to me.
0: See, here's the thing, like I can I can kind of understand if it's a coach who's been there for a while and maybe maybe the program needs a coach. So I guess like what happened to the previous coach? Like maybe the the team needs like a culture change or they need a new voice in the locker room like whatever. I understand that. But for a guy to be coming in here in his first year and just can't like like uh just just that like Cartman scene like how do I reach these kids? Like yes. for for him to not be able to to reach enough kids that, like, to do exactly what you said, where, like, yeah, they might not like them, but at least they'll just, like, get through it and, like, play for them because they want to play. Like, that is 1,000 billion, trillion, however high numbers go, percent, that's on the administration because they clearly did not, when they went out to go find a new coach, there's not a chance that they asked kids that were currently playing who... Like, like those kids probably had zero say in the hiring process. Like they, I, I would imagine they probably didn't even meet the guy before he was hired. Like you have to, if, if you're looking to change, if you're looking to actually change the culture and actually bring some guy in there, who's going to turn that team around. And first of all, they're, they're like three and three this year. So it's not like, it, it, it's not like they were like playing poorly. It's I guess like just like off field stuff, but if you're not going to, bring in a guy and like bring in the kids to help with that hiring process. Like the, you know, the captains and shit like that to have a say then like, yeah, like they're going to run all all over the guy. Like let, let the fucking kids have like a little say in who you bring in. Don't just bring in some knob um, and expect, Oh yeah, well this is the coach. Like we're just going to play for him because the administration said so. So that's, I, it's it's extremely suspect. Very, very suspect. It seems like, Hey, fuck. Like the, fuck the program now we have an out to just really screw with them that that seems what it is from the administration
1: i've i've never seen an ad or an administration of a school just fucking run over a bunch of kids like that you know like that's like he he you know i thought the responsibility of the athletic director is to you know protect the kids and things like that and he just basically fucking threw him under the bus you know, and it was like, "This is on the kids." I've never seen I, I've never seen an AD do anything like that. They could have worded it any way different, which makes me which makes me wonder what really went on. And, um, you know, man, it's 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 weird. I, I think there's definitely some holes in in the story. And we're you know, of, of course, we're not going to get the full thing or whatever. But you know, what the fuck are those kids going to do now? They can't. They've played six games already. They, none of them can redshirt and transfer. Um, you know, I, I I can't think of the last time that a lacrosse team got their season canceled other than Duke um, in the whole ordeal. Like that was, that, that was, I mean, that was terrible. Which again, Um, all, all based on some lies. So exactly. Like, you know, and,
0: but, and I don't want to get up here and say that the AD is totally like, it says, you know, young Harris college takes all accusations of abuse and harassment seriously. So like, I don't want to say he's totally lying about that, but it's very, very suspect. And at the very least, like, you can't pin that on the kids if you guys, like, hired a new coach and they had just, like, zero input at all on the process.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's, it's weird too, because, like, you know, <laughs> they must have really fucking hated this guy because six games, you know, how much bitching. Went on for them to can the season after six games. You know that's that, that, that seems very extreme to me. But I mean, I think that most people on you know across Twitter and people who've been talking about it are like, yeah, this is suspect. There, there's something going on here. And you know um, what? I I also I do feel bad for the coach
0: though because he's like kind of getting caught up on all this as well. Like again, I w- I would place the majority of the blame on the administration. Cause like the coach is probably like a nice enough guy, right? Like he, he probably didn't know what he was getting himself into. Like he probably didn't probably doesn't want this. Probably like a good guy tries hard, loves the game. But for the, yeah, I, I feel like the administration railroaded not only the kids, but also the coach, because now he's the coach who
1: couldn't control his team, you know? It's uh, just, I think it was a young, a young guy too. So, you know, he, he stepped in after, I know there was a lot, especially being from Georgia, you know, young Harris is, it's a school that, you know, you're not going to get your top tier athletes, right. You're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get, you know, divi- you know, top tier division two guys there. You're going to get lower end solid stick skills, maybe a few solid athletes, right. Um, and for, <laughs> I, I, just, I'm, I'm, I'm more or less blown away. Um, I know that their, their coach McDonald, who, who was there, uh, previously a lot of guys. So a lot of guys from young Harris transferred to UGA to play with us. Um, and I guess they couldn't get into UGA. So we started calling young Harris, the UGA Juco, which is pretty funny. That's, it's solid. I mean, we had like five guys transfer for young Harris. They were like, fuck this. We we're, we're, were, you know, we wanted to go to UGA in the first place, but even then, like, you know, if you want to play lacrosse in college and you don't really want to go out of state and you want to, you know, just be an athlete, do whatever, like young Harris is a, is a no brainer for a lot of kids who, you know, whose parents can't really afford to, you know, pay out of state or something like that. So it's solid. And this like, puts a pretty serious mark on the program. Um, and I, that's unfortunate because, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of kids who are like, well, fuck, this was my, <laughs> I guess I can focus on school now, but I wanted to play college lacrosse and now my season fucking canceled. So I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. It's a bizarre scenario from start to finish. And like, we've, I mean, we only have like the tiniest tip of the iceberg. So I'm sure that there'll be more details that, that trickle down, um, over the next few weeks, and maybe we'll learn a, a little bit more about what actually went down at young Harris, but what a story um, listen let's let's real quick stay on the topic of uh shit that just really getting getting lacrosse Twitter fired up these days it's It's been a wild week for lacrosse twitter uh so first off, it was the the year anniversary of the the Utah Valley wave highlight um, so naturally. All of lacrosse Twitter was very upset with that because um, there's there's nothing more that lacrosse fans hate than a kid getting exposure for waving at a kid. It's apparently the worst thing that's ever happened to the game. Uh, <laughs> but whatever, I, I thought I thought it was good exposure for the game. Whatever, deal with it. Uh, another thing, uh, Bryce Queener, Coach Q. Coming out with a, a spicy, spicy hot take, so Coach Q, if you're listening to this, um, tough go. I, I think sometimes we, you know, people want to get on Twitter, they want to make a statement, they want to sound, they they want to be the wokest out there, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you make the take, and sometimes the take just takes you. So let's just get right into this one. At Coach q 88 PSA, if you're charging money for an event, you're not growing the game, you're making money. If the event is free, you're growing the game. I'm here for both, but so tired of watching people hide behind making money while saying they're doing it for the love slash giving back. Lacks, hashtag grow the game.
1: All right, so where to begin on this? So to sum it up, what it sounds like at first read, what it sounds like is if you make money playing lacrosse or hosting events, you are a scumbag. Courtesy. Yeah, that's a, courtesy. courtesy of noted, uh, podcast guest Nick Acello, more, more noted I'm, for being a Twitter troll, but yes. Yes. Uh, and we're sorry, bud, that, you know, we only invite you on here on, you know, when you get your ass kicked. So maybe you need to get your ass kicked more if you really want to get on the pod, but just saying, um, no, we'll have him on soon for sure. We need some more spicy takes in, in here. Ours are, you know, stale sometimes. But so I, I just, I don't understand. Like I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to understand because if I'm going to host, um, you know, I think the best example is like, you know, like it, what it's, it's honestly what Nick and Brent Adams and uh, these guys are doing is they're going around live, literally living in a van and holding lacrosse camps for people how the fuck are they supposed to grow the game if they're not getting any cash for what they're doing
0: you know so here here's what i'll say
1: i i
0: understand where i think he was trying to go with it twitter's absolutely horrible for this twitter's the worst platform ever invented right like so many By people far. it's fucking awful twitter stinks because you only have so many characters to work with and people are always trying to argue on Twitter and, but like you can't argue in that way because you can't actually get your point across in what is it? 160 characters or something like that. Um, You can't. 180. Where the fuck, where the fuck have you been? Uh, I don't know. But you can never like actually explain what you're trying to say in Twitter. And like, that's why Twitter fucking sucks because everyone's are always arguing and no one ever actually gets to make their actual point. They don't get to expand on it uh, because they're just contained to 180 characters. Um, so I, I would imagine what he was trying to say, because there are definitely some scumbags in the world of lacrosse, like guys who, um, you know, maybe they, you know, they, maybe they put on these, uh, these like, recruiting showcase tournaments and it's like you know they'll be like hey Desco's going to be here Petro's going to be here oh Joe Brushy's going to come here and like so they get all these teams to pay all this money and by the time the tournament comes around it's like yeah well you just got sold like a firefest tournament um you know and then there are also people that that start up club teams and instead of trying to like pick out like the best kids from one area um you know and and like actually like like developing like a, like an an elite program where, you know, it gets kids the exposure and shit like that. It's like, okay, now we're going to have seven different teams at every different age level. Anyone who wants to sign up can play on this club team. And, and like, yeah, it's like you're giving the kids a, a team to play for, but really what you're doing, you're just like watering down the program because it's, it's easy money. So there are total fucking scumbags in the world of lacrosse who are definitely using the sport just to make money. So I'll give Bryce Queener that point. The issue comes in, in the fact that it's that because, and again, because it's Twitter and he only has 180 characters, he just blanket statements, the entire thing. Like if you charge money for an event or if you're making money, then you're not growing the game, which is just, like you said it's it's just absurd because there are just so many camps where it's like like you don't get fields for free you don't get coaches to come out for free you like like what like what what do you what do you think people like
1: the, what I mean how do you think that Scott Ratliff and them do the give go fund like how do you think that that they sustain going to Costa Rica or Puerto Rico and you know Spain and doing all of that shit. Like I gave them a hundred bucks from us, by the way. So if you want the link to all the lax history videos just to throw on in your spare time, like I, I've gotten by the way. This well,
0: wow. so that, that's that's negative a hundred dollars for the crease dive account. Yes, that's right. We're, Actually, we're in the,
1: we're, we, in the re- we're in the red. We're
0: in the red. Yeah, we fit Bryce Queener's uh little, I mean we're not making money off the podcast so i guess we're growing the game so everyone else
1: is a fucking scumbag i fucking hate all of you um yeah how much is paul making for his unbuckled pod i'm yeah. sure he i'm um, yeah, like yeah so show me, is show he me growing
0: it's paul show
1: me is the he statements. growing the game is paul your, growing the game give me your social security paul yeah uh, just let me, give me the last four of your social and your credit card and we'll call it even yeah um but no i mean it's just and and naturally, it it caused
0: quite the ruckus on the cross Twitter because again, Twitter sucks and like no one, everyone tries to argue on it and no one actually gets their point across. Um, so it's been you great. Had like
1: you you had like three dads who were like, "I totally get this, Bryce. I this is awesome. Like this is the this is the idea that you know we really need going forward. So much money being thrown around. It's like shut the fuck up, you know, Brett. Like, sorry, I, I didn't. It wasn't. It, that's the first name I could think of, and it just happens to be a Queener. But you know, just shut the fuck up, Dave. Like we're not, we 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 don't want like why? Just so you can get that sweet retweet from Bryce Queener. Is that, is that what you're out there for? You know, fuck off. Yeah. But
0: I don't know. Again, I I get I can understand that there are scumbags in the lacrosse world yes. who are just greedy motherfuckers who are who are making some money and it's like, oh, well, you know, I gave Eight hundred kids, a club team to play for. Well, it's like, yeah, but like, who? Like, wh- what do you? What are you actually doing with that? Um, so I get that, but I don't know, man. Lacrosse Twitter has just been on one lately. It, it just seems like, it seems like everyone's real upset about a lot of different things.
1: I mean, being upset is the hallmark of being on the internet. You know, why would you? Why would you get on the internet if you weren't upset about something? You know, you don't just. You don't just scroll, and then the the other thing I was I was actually talking with somebody the other day. We only see the, the, this age of the age of the internet has allowed us to. We only see the extremes, right? There's only extremes in all of the news, you know. So we're conditioned to be like, this is either the worst thing in the world or this is the best thing in the world. So like, your happiness when you're reading on Twitter is like either plus one or minus one, you read a bunch of terrible <laughs> things. It's like minus, 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 And then you're just uh, you're sitting in the red, yeah, red all day. You're like, fuck. So, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, and, and you take that how you will, but there's been a lot of uh, minuses, I'd, I'd say, you know. Uh, I, I think that it personally, um, I think that every now and then it's nice to get a refreshing video of uh, our, our, our big man, roll, steamrolling people. Uh, which is a fucking awesome clip, and some guy—I have to say this—some guy responded was like, "Oh, so it's cool to mock players for enjoying a sport?" I was like, f- I, "I, you know, I wanted to just flame him from the crease time account, but I just muted him anyway." So, buddy, if you're listening to this, enjoy that mute. But uh, I, he was like, "Are we are we mocking players now?" And I was like, first of all, no, we're not mocking the guy. Uh, he's out there fucking ball." first of all and he's Fucking clearly a, a a great player legend. because he's wearing a box helmet and field he's wearing a box helmet and field so it, you it know looks, the kid got hands it looks like it might be in
0: canada because i think that there are a few other kids playing okay. wearing, wearing box helmets out there
1: but yeah i mean like he's a bigger gentleman and he's uh, he which is which is clear and he's absolutely impossible to guard what the, what how the fuck are we mocking him we didn't say we didn't say he's running to get a hot dog. Like we didn't say that. We just saying like he's playing, man, like fuck off. So, so if, if you haven't
0: seen the clip yet, it, it's on our Twitter and Instagram at the crease dive solid plug right there. Jordy, not a big deal um, on both accounts, but uh, yeah, I mean th- this big fellow is out there and the way that the clip starts off, you know, he's just like kind of like walking down the alley. And like at that point you're like, okay, like this is going to be like a, a funny clip of like a bigger guy, just like walking his way all, all the way to the cage all of a sudden he fucking turns it on and when he gets himself going this kid moves like his first dodge they always say the body craves contact he went straight for a bull dodge and he like the fact that the fact that the kid that he went to go bull didn't go down right away huge mistake on his part because he stays on his feet which just let this kid post up and just one of the most vicious swim moves these eyes have ever seen. Just clears the kid, unbelievable swim dive, like perfect execution. See you later, and then he finishes off with a like a little backhand shovel pass to the crease. It
1: was, it was a display of just pure dominance. Yeah, he's an absolute beast, and I mean what. I don't, I just, I don't know how you can log onto the internet and see a clip like that and be like, Oh, I'm going to be mad. It's you know, I think sometimes it's like a conscious decision. Like maybe that guy had a bad day and he was like, you know, I need to let my, uh, steam out on Twitter in 140 characters and, uh, I'm going to take it out on these, this podcast. That's, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do with my day. So I hope you have a better day, sir. But for now, this kid is absolutely just soaking up the views. We've already got 25,000 in you know, seven hours. So solid analytics on that. So uh, appreciate it, big fella.
0: Yeah, got, got, got to get them on the pod sometime. Um, well, I'll tell you what, we'll give us, everyone on Twitter can can relax. Everyone on the comments can relax. And the way that we can really get back to enjoying life and enjoying the sport, is with the slate of games that we have this weekend. So let's, uh, yeah, let's let's kick it on over to our weekend preview. All right. Before we get to the D one slate of games this weekend, we are going to uh, we're going to be introducing you guys to a new character here. We've got the MCLA Minute brought to us by our new. I don't even know what the hell to call this kid. I guess I guess an intern would would work. Uh, but we've yeah. got inter- volunteer,
2: volunteer, maybe.
0: Yeah, volunteer intern. Thanks, thanks for interrupting me too. So that's that's all already. Right, my we're, bad. we're off to a we're off to a great start. I think that this will be just a beautiful match all around. But we have uh, volunteer intern, Finn Landy, a volunteer uh, intern, Finlandi, a red shirt freshman goaltender at. The University of South Carolina, home of the 2019 MCLA champions. So, Finn, buddy, uh, first off, welcome to the pod.
2: I'm very happy to be here, longtime listener. Um, yeah.
0: And so uh, you guys are are in the midst of your season uh, down there in the the MCLA. So, you know, your boots on the ground in the league. So you kind of know all the movements and the happenings going on in the world of club lacrosse. It's a huge world. Uh, So we figured we'd bring you in and and you can keep all the listeners up, you know, for some of the people who might just be watching the D1 game, you can keep us updated on the D1 club level because as everyone know, D1 club don't stop.
2: Exactly. I mean, I feel like a lot of kids grew up watching those Brantford-Winsworth videos, and so I mean, I'm just kind of living the dream right now playing club ball. Yeah, oh, dude,
1: I get it. I did too. I played at Georgia, so you know we okay. made, we we spanked South Carolina a few times before they rose to national prominence. But yeah, now we got all the Maryland boys, so we're we're doing pretty I, well because it's the most northern southern school that. Uh, yeah, the jersey the jersey kids will go to yeah yeah so i mean it's a solid recruiting strategy so props for harkey on that yeah
0: real quick before we get into your mcla minute how are how are the Cox doing this year are you guys just just um, breaking, dicking people so far as reigning champs or has it been a
2: rough go um we're looking pretty good so far i mean we've had a couple we've had a couple big wins we beat michigan state um georgia bulldogs that was a good win um to think to thank who else we got georgia tech this weekend which is a big one that should be a good test to see kind of where we're at um florida state we went down to tallahassee got a big win there um get the feeling that we're looking pretty good so far but there's definitely some room for improvement
0: i love that always you're never at your best you can always get better yeah finland you're wise uh, you're wise beyond your years buddy
2: yeah, Harky's got us. He his motto here is zero zero, so we don't get too ahead of ourselves. We just play for the next moment, try to win some games. Hey, Finlandi,
0: Henry, what what's the most important goal?
2: Um, national championship. That's no. all that matters.
0: No, you fucking idiot! <laughs> you, you just went completely. Uh, the The next goal is always the most
1: important.
2: That's true, but hey, long term goal, Finlandy. That's true. I'm sorry, Harky's going to be pissed at me for that one.
1: And we met him at LaxCon. Good dude. So we know he's a listener. He's a real great guy. Yeah, he's going to be like, listen to this fucking guy. I was listening to the podcast. And all of a sudden, here comes Finn talking shit on the internet. So we appreciate it. So, okay. So this is what I'll do. I previously have said um, my MCLA game of the week. So I'm going to bequeath that responsibility to you to pick an MCLA game of the week. Uh, So, off the top, i mean you can you know take a second to pull up the uh, mcla website if you want but i mean or you could just toss out that south carolina georgia tech game uh, i mean I, what, that's whatever what I you was
2: want to say i mean friday night at 7 under the lights in atlanta it should be a good one definitely you know what?
1: i think it will be i think it will
2: be on youtube live stream so you I'm know what I will, that,
1: but, I, I will i will i will be, i will be watching i may even come down and watch the game So you should definitely come check it out. It should be a good time. I'll get on the sidelines
2: with the boys. Yeah, you're definitely welcome. We'd love to have you. (laughs) Word, word, word. Uh,
0: All right. Well, Finn, let's let's get the debut going here for the MCLA Minute brought to us by volunteer intern Finn Landy.
2: Actually, I got to pull it up on my computer. I'm sorry. Just give me two seconds. Probably should have had that out before. We got Who has?
1: Who should hired this fucking guy?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right, Y'all ready?
0: Yeah, born ready, Finn. I'm gonna
2: stand up. Let's get the voice rolling a little bit. What is going on, guys? It's your boy Finn, motherfucking Landy here with the first ever MCLA minute. Let's get it rolling with the South Carolina Gamecocks, who swept the competition this weekend, picking up a pair of wins against the states of North Carolina and Michigan. Huge shout out to fellow goalkeeper and Lady Gaga enthusiast, Liam, who pecked 36 saves on 47 shots. Keep up the good work, you animal. The Cox head down to Atlanta this weekend to face off against the sixth ranked Yellow Jackets, who picked up two big two big wins this past weekend in Arizona. Boston College had a large weekend on the West Coast with a 16 to 13 win over 10th ranked Concordia, then a 17 to 16 loss to third ranked Cal Poly, followed up by a 9-8 W over fourth-ranked Chapman. Then Chapman flipped the script with a 9-8 one of their own against Cal Poly. Oregon went down south to face second-ranked Cal, but was only able to put up 11 goals compared to Cal's 17. The Golden Bears were led by a golden performance behind nine ground balls from junior Sam Rosenbaum. Next weekend, stay on the lookout for a matchup between Cal and Cal Poly as it should be a good one. Number 16 Clemson takes a trip up to Blacksburg face off of the 20th ranked Virginia Tech Hokies in a super self-matchup. I'm recording this Wednesday afternoon. Actually, I'm recording it now, but I was too lazy to look up the score of the Michigan State-Florida State game. So just go on the Twitterverse and see what happened there. Um, now it's time for Finn's thought for the day. Other than it being the way it's always been, why do we start our sentence with capital letters? That's certainly food for thought. See you all next week on the NCLA Minute. Finn,
0: that was, that was electric
2: brilliant appreciate it just great appreciate work it.
0: um yeah and just roll Cox, baby roll Cox. Roll is right Cox. uh all,
2: all right, right we'll I'll see y'all next week
0: we well, well, yeah you, we'll see you next week
2: no no i i thought that that's where we're ending it my bad if you want to continue talking i'm good with that
0: no no i'm i'm just i'm really glad that you gave yourself the, i'll be here next week like you you yeah, shows
1: initiative
2: and
0: we yeah. like
1: that i'll be ready to go all right Y'all right, Finn.
0: We'll talk to you, bud. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that was Finn Landy with the MCLA minute. He crushed that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. He absolutely crushed that. What a
0: what a what a character! the The MCLA just produces grade A characters. That's you're right. You're looking at one right now. And that is that is a fact. Um,
1: I don't I, I don't even know how we how we follow that one up. I I mean, you honestly, we could we you know, we could restructure and just have that, you know, cap off the, the end of the episode. But I mean, I think it's a strong peak to the episode that we can just roll right into the weekend preview.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, starting off on, on Friday, like, so this afternoon we've got a, now again, I, I might be a little biased as a Philly boy myself, but we've got a, a nice little, nice little Philly, uh, I don't, it's not a showcase. I, I don't know, like, what the hell they're calling it. I forget. Uh, but all the Philly teams play against each other this weekend, so we've got, uh, you know, Drexel and St. Joe's going. That's at 5 p.m. tonight. Whatever, good game. Drexel's solid program. St. Joe's is getting there. We don't really need to talk about it. Uh, but Penn and Villanova, I think that this is going to be a game where they're going to need to respond after that OT loss to Penn State. Like, that's that's clearly not uh, going to be sitting well with them. So they're going to come out here and really, really just shit-pump Villanova uh, in order to kind of work their way back into that conversation of who's a legitimate contender in the Ivy.
1: I, I totally agree. And, I you know, I don't know if you – I mean, let's let, – let, I'm going to backtrack a little bit on you. Um, that Drexel team is two goals from being 4-0. Or, sorry, I guess – four goals from being 4-0 oh, if you want to, you know, split hairs about it. But, you know, they they lost a the high point 15-16, and they lost to, the, you know, Albany 14-13. So pretty decent team, I'd say. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think the penn Nova t- would be pretty good. I'm not going to expect like a crazy uh, – I'm not going to expect like a, like a, you know, double overtime thriller, but maybe like a 14-11 game something like that. I think that would be, I think that would be a a fair assumption. Yeah. Um, I mean, Penn, like, again, they're, they're an overtime away against just one
0: overtime goal away from beating Penn state. Um, They had Maryland on the ropes and just fell apart there in the fourth quarter. So like they should, and they have that win against Duke. So Maryland Duke Penn state one and two in that stretch to start off the season. Very winnable for all three of them. So, like, this is a team that should be able to really put away Villanova. Um, it it just depends on, like, it, like is this a team that can take care of business when they need to? Um, and and I think that they will. So, but it's it's a pretty, uh, you know, we we've got what like five games going on uh, in college across on on a Friday afternoon. Not all of them are like fantastic games, but it's all it's it's better than nothing right like what what else do you have to do tonight just nothing yeah uh at least not at least not myself little little washed up uh rolling into the saturday slate of games uh the one that i will be really keeping an eye on here is going to be Notre Dame Denver because these are again two teams where i'm very interested to see uh which you know, it it's been it's been a little bumpy for, for Denver so far this year. Um, you know, they've you know, they have wins over Air Force, St. Bonnie's and Cleveland State, as they should. Uh but then, you know, a couple tight losses to Duke and North Carolina. So I, I would love to see uh if if Denver is are they going to be a team that that beats the teams that they should and then loses the games that are 50 50 matchups um, or is this a team that can be a, you know one one of those make a deep run in May? Um, and I think the same can kind of go for uh, for Notre Dame here, so uh, you know only three games on the year. Um, but again, a win over Cleveland State they should a win over Richmond. Is, is a very good win because richmond's yep. not a you know and, and especially a 13 to 5 win over richmond is very good um but then a loss to maryland so it's right now both of these teams are in that same very good but can one of them be great territories i guess we'll find out on
1: saturday i mean i i, I hate it that they beat you know you know the richmond spiders in my team i'm a written I'm a, you know my my we're a Richmond Spiders podcast. You bleed. Uh, what are they, Navy and Navy and red? I guess. Yeah, Navy, Navy and red. I guess. Um, but I mean, he, Pat Cavanaugh has come on the scene, uh, kind of exploded on the scene. Um, but you know, if you look at how, um, I mean, if you look at how the the points are distributed among the the uh, Notre Dame team, like you know, there's there's one, two, three. There's probably eight or nine guys who have uh less than 10 points you know that's and you look at some of these other teams like you know Syracuse you know their top five scorers are in double digits and some other guys so you know Notre Dame moves the ball around a good bit um you know tough five goal loss to Maryland but you know Denver is you're you're right You're, you're exactly right these are these are two teams that are trying to be great right they're right on the cusp um I mean they've got the prestige of uh you know gamesmanship they've got the prestige of winning national championships like they um you know denver program very prestigious and i mean you've got jack Hanna and ethan walker who are absolute just monsters so um i'll take denver in that one actually uh yes. just because just because i don't know i'm just feeling that i i think denver's got way more shooters um
0: so, the line here for for this game, and again this, this is all brought to us uh by the fellows over at lax Vegas lines on twitter uh so it'll be a, a home game for Notre Dame, so they have this as Notre Dame favored by two um yeah i mean i i think I think you're not wrong there um i I think that Denver's probably a pretty solid pick um just because. I don't know i'm I'm not sold on on either of these teams though I, I feel like that's gonna be pretty much the case with the majority of the games this weekend. Um, there are not many teams that I'm sold on, so you know here we are march you know sixth, seventh, eighth um and it's still you know we're we're a full month into the season, and we're still in the like like the show me stage uh, yeah
1: I, we're like, give me something, right yeah.
0: So another, another show me game, uh, would be, you know, just an hour later and we've got Duke taking on Loyola. So this game is, uh, Loyola is favored by one, which is a, is a, that one, that one smells to me. That line stinks a little bit. I, I feel like they're uh, I, f- I feel like that is a Duke line. Um, so the game is, it's, in Loyola so you know Greyhounds will be home Duke will have to travel a little bit uh but that seems to me like a like a Duke line so how do you feel I've been pretty wrong to start against Loyola do you think that you know now that we're out of February do you think that Duke starts to turn it on here or do you think that Loyola continues to make me look like
1: a complete and total jackass No, I think Duke starts to turn it on here. I think that for, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't think, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, uh, sorry, I almost said tyranny. Maybe, uh, you know, Dano brings them into the locker room on March 1 and says, all right, time to fucking shake up. Uh, You know, you got to think that something like that's going on. And then, you know, for whatever fucking reason, they always end up in the tournament. You know, so I think that. That's a Duke line. Um, I think that they. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now. They're going to blow Loyola out of the water. Uh, I think that Loyola is a good team. They're a solid team. They are not a Duke team. Um, Duke is uh, very scary, um, especially with uh, noted shooter um, Dyson, my my man Dyson, Dyson Williams, uh, just a good Dyson. old Canadian boy. God, like, what a, what a freak bursting onto the scene kind of like Pat Cavanaugh. So, you know, he's got that Canadian pedigree, and I think he's just going to be too – I think he's going to be trouble. You know, I, I think that losing Jacob Stover for Loyola was, was the was the knife in the heart, and I think that Duke is a strong team, and they're just going to come out there and whoop that ass. I, I, don't, I don't really see – now we're in March Duke. We're no, we're no longer February Duke. We've graduated to March Duke. Which is funny because February wasn't even, like, that rough – to Duke, no. Like you
0: know, the the loss to Air Force is bad, but that was almost to be expected. Um, you know, and and then Penn is a a very so, so you know February wasn't even that bad. Um, which you know may, maybe maybe Danos a little upset about. Maybe he he wished that it, you know he had a little bit more uh fuel to light a fire under their ass with because it's like hey coach like we actually weren't that bad in, in February. Um, but I agree. Like I think. I don't know. I, I just look at the wins that Loyola has and, you know, they didn't have to have, they didn't play against any polls like a JT Giles Harris in, in those games. Right. So, you know, as their offense starts to get going, you know, they put up 15 against Towson, but as we said, Towson, you know, they, put up, they put up, they put up, they put up 15 against Towson and then 14 against Lafayette. Those two teams combined zero wins on the season. So that's
1: more t- that's more telling to Towson playing well. Yeah, and it, it's good to see Loyola
0: like take care of business against teams like that. You know, it, it's good to see that they didn't have to like like fight and scratch their way through a game with Lafayette, where it was like tight at the you know halftime or anything like that. So like that shows me that they're they're above all that, but they still haven't had to play against a pole like JT Giles Harris. So, you know, you look at the offensive numbers for them, those are going to start to dwindle a little bit. And then, like you said, I mean, Dyson Williams popping onto the scene, 20 goals already in his freshman campaign. Um, And they just have guys who can, they'll come at you in waves. They'll have a few guys who have a hat trick. Uh, The one lock of the game that I would like to make here, Ryan McNulty for Loyola will have a pole goal. That is a, that is a Jordy guarantee. There will be a pole goal in this game, and it will come from Ryan McNulty.
1: Why is why is that such a lock for you?
0: Uh, he's got two goals already on the year, and and this is just a, I mean, as soon as the kid crosses over midfield,
1: he's he's ready to grip it and rip it. Um, plus, you know, I mean, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just quizzing you right now. I didn't I didn't really you know I didn't know if you like knew the guy if he was like a Springfield guy. I'm seeing he's not, but you know. You, I always have to know. You know, I assume that you know everybody because just everybody and he it, it seems like that.
0: He's a Pennsylvania boy. One, one—he okay. pla- won Placid. Okay. So, uh, okay. but two goals, two assists on the year, so four points, five games. He's a threat every single time that he crosses over midfield. That's a Jordy guarantee, and also a Jordy guarantee that I'm I'm going to go with the. So again, Las Vegas lines has Loyola minus one in this one. Dead wrong. Duke wins by three or four on the road. Three or four on the road is is a is yeah. a hel- is a healthy win for them.
1: And I think that's true. And I just I don't think it's going to be one of those uh, like Duke will be up the whole game. right? Yeah. I, it's not going to be like a like a last minute they turn it on. I think that Duke's going to be up by two or three the whole game. I
0: I I don't think it will be a very exciting
1: like. Three goal win, no, no, I, yeah. So there won't be. And we've again, we've been known to be wrong quite
0: frequently. Actually, a little bit more frequently than we would like, but we don't have to talk about it. Um, now the rest of the day on Saturday, there are decent games. Yeah, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. Like I, I look at a Syracuse Hopkins, and that's a game where it's at the beginning of the season. I would peg that as as a as a huge one, and like now it's like, well, like I I, I don't know, is is it going to be that exciting if if Hopkins just continues to be just
1: it's a it's a greasy game every year, and you know that
0: yeah you know well the the great thing about it is they're both evil empires of college across you know yeah. so they're, so they're two of those programs where college across is always better when they're good because they're the enemy to so many different teams, right? Like, true. So, it's you know, true. like I, I feel like there are going to be so many people just hate watching this game, just like rooting for both to lose. Um, it's going to look great too with, you know, the uniforms matching up and it'll be at Homewood. So I think, you know, having a program like Syracuse that's, you know, both of these programs are so historic and then you're hosting them at Homewood. I, I think we will see the best that we've seen. Hopkins look so far this year, um, but I also think that you know even though we mentioned that we thought that Princeton had been the most impressive team to start the year, I I still think that Syracuse is very deserving of that number one spot for a
1: reason, and I think that they show it this weekend. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, and that's exactly how I would phrase it. We're going to get the best Hopkins right, the best version of Hopkins because they're going to be playing at Homewood and they're going to be playing Cuse at Homewood. So, I mean, I I, I think it – I I don't know. I'm still kind of out on it, you know, they um, losing by six to Loyola. So, I mean, I think Syracuse probably comes away with it, but I think it's a closer game than we think. Again, we've been known to be wrong.
0: Yeah, so the line on this one – and again, so this is Cuse – on the road at Hopkins and Lax Vegas lines has them favored by four. Um, so I like, so like you think about like, okay, so if, if this game was at, was in the dome, right. What would the line be there? Like you, you'd probably give them like another, like at least like two goals. So like, is Syracuse like six goals better than Hopkins? I I would, I would say probably. Yeah. But, Probably. like but like we've mentioned i think at homewood it, yeah it really just depends like this is this is a gut check game for hopkins i think that they've lose regardless but a a gut check like can you guys have some pride come out there and and put at least a, a respectable showing against the number but like what what a story that would be though just knocking off the number 1 team and that's another thing didn't even think about this yet. But being the number one team has kind of been the kiss of death for the last couple weeks. So, That's true. you know, no one expected UMass to, to go in and, and roll through Yale. So, um, you know what? I, I, now that I, this is typically what happens, I have my mind set up and then I ramble on for a few minutes and then I just completely flip-flop. I'm going to go ahead and go with Hopkins plus four. I still think Syracuse wins, but I, I, I'm going to – I think I talked myself into this is going to be a a pretty, pretty tight game.
1: Okay. I mean, I I dig where you're coming from. The logic is strong, you know, that was, we like three and a half minutes ago, I was saying
0: that I'm out on this matchup and like, should we even talk about it? And now, now I've got it a one goal game. So that's, that's where my brain's at, at the moment. I think that's a solid, solid way of thinking about it uh princeton Rutgers. i just i I, I i almost don't want to say anything because i i i feel like this could be like a, a bump in the road for princeton mm. um just one of those random like ah oh, fuck like we really needed to win that game and we just like accidentally let that one slip by us um but that's another one where lax vegas lines has princeton Um, you know, and they're at home, so it, it should be, you know, they should be ready for this one. Um, you know, nothing should take them by surprise, but they have Princeton by four. So I do like that. I just, for some reason, my gut is saying bump in the road, but I'm going to, I'm going to vote with my brain here and go with the Princeton big win.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I think that's probably a good, a good plan. Um, shit. I, I, that would be a rough one. You know, I'm, I'm a I'm a Rutgers fan uh, simply because, you know, I, I know a kid on there, but as I've said before, but I, I would love to see Princeton just keep it rolling, man. So what what's the line on that one? Uh, so Princeton is favored by four. Okay.
0: At home. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I do think that they're the better team. I just, I think they probably I, take that. I just I I don't know why my gut's doing this. Maybe maybe I'm just hungry. Maybe I need a Snickers. No free ads. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's not a bump in the road because would love to see Princeton just keeping this thing rolling. Uh, real quick, the the largest uh, over under on the weekend. Who who do you think's involved? I mean, you gotta put Penn State. So Penn State, another game where the over/under is set in the thirties, thirty-one, Stop it. thirty-one and a half. So this will be uh, this will be down in the in in the Carolinas. Yeah, where the the Crown,
1: the they Crown. They usually in- they usually play in Charlotte. The Crown Cup, I. Crown I f-
0: Cup the Crown Invitational. Crown um, Invitational, maybe so, something something or another. So it's I they mean, usually it's not- play it
1: like Charlotte Catholic um that's where it that's where it has been well, me I'm, I'm gonna look this up live
0: so but not the crown not
1: lacrosse tournament
0: not a home game for either so i mean neutral site game both teams have to travel 31 and a half where both teams have to travel
1: that's asking for a lot it is. Um, trying to they're playing in Cornelius, North Carolina, at a brand new athletic complex. Whatever they they listed the official team hotels. So if you want to go harass Grant Ament, they tell you not, what, not where, not where not they're staying. Ever, not that we would ever condone such. No, like I just I'm very confused about why they would why they would do that. But whatever. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to stay in that hotel.
0: But last year though, this uh, so. I, they played Cornell at the the Crown last year if I recall correctly and that was a 19 to 13 win uh for Penn State. So they've got to then so what? That's yeah, I mean I guess is that's how Las Vegas Lions figured that one out. Um so yeah, definitely 32 goals in that game will they do it again? I mean, you have to figure Mac O'Keeffe's feeling himself after that overtime dagger. Uh just Grandement is, I mean, he's right up there, maybe second or third in points this year. So, like those guys have got themselves going. Rough go against Yale, obviously. Like they they still have to get over that hump, um, but other than that, they've taken care of business. And then Cornell, like, so this will be a. I, I hate to keep kind of reusing this phrase, but this is this is a show me game because we love we love the Albany program, but. A 19-10 win over Albany is like you you probably should beat them like that. Um, a 17 win over Towson, love the program, probably should do that. A really great win against High Point, at High Point, I believe. Um, so on the road for that one, really impressive. And then the Ohio State one, we don't know how great that win is right now, but um, this will be, again, a big measuring stick game for Cornell. So I'm going to go – the line on this one is uh, so they've got they've got Penn State favored here by two, which I, I think is actually pretty spot on. I think that Cornell has a chance to keep to make this game a nail biter, and I would say this would be one of those games where I I would not be surprised if Cornell is up and like the lead just keeps flip flopping for a while. Like I think that it'll be one of those kind of teeter totter games. Like we said that it wouldn't be, um, with Loyola Duke. I think that this will be an exciting two goal win for
1: Penn state. Yeah. I think, I think you could hammer the over, uh, for sure. I think we're going to have a ton of goals. I I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, and O'Keefe have, you know, eight or nine point days. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think it'll be a shootout. I think that's kind of what you're, what you're getting at there. But, um, I know that I'll probably be – I mean, this is probably one of the ones that I haven't seen, you know, explicitly seen Cornell play yet this year. Um, it'll be nice to be able to. Uh, hopefully it'll be on Big Ten Plus, but, uh, you know, yeah. Especially uh, I, a, I, nice,
0: a nice Sunday 4 p.m. game, like your weekends wrapping up, like you're starting to
1: settle yeah, in. That's, that's a couch. That's a couch game right there. Yeah. You know, and they usually don't start that late either so or they haven't the past few weeks so like 4 p.m is pretty nice like you can you can crush that game and then roll right into dinner and go to bed if you're 27 and washed like me but
0: it's actually the perfect because like you can you can get up you can do stuff with your morning on sunday then you can squeeze in that that sunday afternoon nap then you can wake up watch lax like you said roll that right so that's good good on the crown for giving all of us lax fans that to look forward to so that's this this sunday's game is going to be a great time to be a lacrosse fan the entire weekend is going to be a great time to be a lacrosse fan uh if you're an mcla fan make sure you you tune in to south carolina and georgia tech finlandy believes that that'll be on youtube live
1: um it's it's possible that it will uh you know the the nerds at georgia tech um are fairly technically advanced and uh I think that I think that I read something that the MCLA signed the contract with Lac Sportsnet to broadcast like hundreds of games. So there's going to be a lot uh, more of them on there. So kudos to the MCLA um, and kudos to Fenlandy, who we, we folks he basically had an on-air tryout today. Uh, so if you think he crushed it, please let us know because we'd love to have him on again. And I think we are. So I think that he would
0: just. Invite himself back on, even if we said no. So I think we're we're stuck with him, regardless. But
1: hopefully, hopefully you like him. Yeah, not a bad guy to be stuck with, I'd say.
0: Uh, all right, well, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. Uh, again, one, one more plug here uh, at the Crease Dive on Twitter and Instagram. Let's let, let's work on getting those followers up. I know that we were trashing lacrosse Twitter for the majority of this uh, podcast episode, but let let's. Let's get those numbers up a little bit and maybe we can kind of turn the tides on the timeline. Uh, and while we do that, we'll be keeping it low to high to the day we die.
3: We out. Whatever that fucking man. to miles on dash got a pound of a Switching legs in the Grand Rapids we the one that kept it cool with all the niggas till these niggas start acting. Shoot a nigga like a film, and a movie, nigga, gon' love let them We ballin' like the Marsh Madness. All these cops shootin' a nigga tragic. I don't wanna live lavish, like I'm playin' for the mavericks. I don't wanna fuck the bitch that might've made me fuck her even though she average. Dirty money in the cook, and 45 the fire bout my good. When young niggas in the cook, take you out for some joints Countless money, no rush. I'm on one way, flushing. Loud packs, smellin' musky. These fuckin' police can't touch me. These fucking police can't touch me. These fuckin' niggas can't touch me. I apply the pressure with the VVS. I drive to phone like it was a Chevy. Drive the phone like it was a Chevy. Nip it up and go, and I was set. Fuck a cougar like she holly pain. Future here's this dirty spray, legendary. Dirty soda in the styrofoam. spill a day to get my mind blown you know the Nassau, 200 miles on the dash, got roll a roller pound up a gas put your lanes in the Grand Rapids, we the one that kept it cool with all these niggas till you niggas start actin', shoot a nigga like a film in a movie, nigga gon' love the math. we ballin' like the Marsh Madness, all these cops shootin' a nigga tragic, I'm the one that livin' lavish, like I'm playin' for the man.